0: Hi! This is Annie from the Smithsonian American Art Museum's Loose Foundation Center. Since 2011, we've hosted Loose Unplugged, a free
1: monthly concert series that celebrates the work of local musicians. Now we are partnering with Hometown Sounds to bring you tracks from BC artists we love. For more on Loose Unplugged, visit americanart.si.edu/loose/unplugged. There you'll find a complete list of Loose Unplugged artists, videos of past performances, and artist interviews on our blog, Eye Level. We look forward to welcoming you back to the museum once it's safe to hold concerts again. Until then, stay well, stay in touch, and enjoy these tunes from our neighbors in the DMV.
0: Hey, yo, this is DJ Stylus.
1: And I am Mark Maestro.
0: And we're the Soul Power All-Stars.
1: And this is the Loose Listening Party.
0: Presented by Hometown Sounds.
2: Welcome back to Hometown Sounds. We show you how DC rocks. I'm Tony Pareko. I'm Paul
3: Vodra and this is the Loose Listening Party presented with our friends at the Loose Foundation Center in the Smithsonian American Art Museum. They are the hosts of the Loose Unplugged live music series. And while that is on pause, we are excited to bring the Loose Listening Parties to the podcast feed where we talk to some of the great musicians that we would love to feature in that amazing space. Um, And hopefully soon we can get back to all that great live music, um, but in the meantime, we are very, very excited to chat with Rome and Mark, a.k.a. the Soul Power All-Stars, for this episode. Gentlemen, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having us.
3: Yeah. It's good, it's
0: good to be here.
2: Rome, your DJ name is DJ Stylus. Yeah. The question that's been on my mind all afternoon is about the origin of your, of your DJ name, and also could you tell us about... You and your relationship with styluses, which I was first introduced to in 2002 when my dad gave me a, a Palm Pilot for Christmas.
0: <laughs> oh man, wow. He just, he just gonna throw me down into the Pandora's box. So that name comes from college, uh, because I was, I think I was, I think I was a big dork in undergrad, maybe. And I was like, oh, I need a name, but that was like, you know turntableism days and you know i was like heavy underground hip-hop kid so i was like yeah um be dj stylist because you gotta put the stylus in the groove before anything starts it's like the genesis of everything you put the needle in the groove so but yeah i also was a a heavy adherent to the palm platform and operating system <laughs> for a good long while pre yeah pre everything pre iPhone pre Blackberry. I don't know if you just guessed that or if you did some sort of some sort of deep digging research. I don't know.
2: Not at all. I just was thinking about styluses.
0: Yeah. It started as, as a reference to a, a turntable cartridge needle. And uh, yeah, I just, I was a Palm pilot dude for a while for a good, for a good run.
2: I remember Palm Pilot specifically about how they taught you their own sort of Cuneiform for all the different letters,
0: and it and it completely changed my handwriting to this day. <laughs> to this day, it it altered my handwriting permanently. They, they called it graffiti. That's what they called it on the Palm. The 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 gestures, the stylus gestures. That's
2: what. it, Yes.
0: And it worked pretty well for being such a. Immature technology. It worked pretty well. Like it was pretty handy. Oh yeah, I had a calendar. I had apps in there. I had. I used to put my personal and work calendar like separate logins. Like yeah, it was it was popping. I was managing data. I was managing data heavy this was before Android.
2: So Soul Power All Stars, kind of a maximalist band name. Could you tell us about the origins of the band? Because it's like sun, power, all stars.
1: It started as a party uh, called Soul Power. And Rome and I DJed.
0: Yeah, it was pre, it was pre like crazy gentrification. It was like gentrification light at the time. Mm. So it was still like an African name. Almas.
1: Almas, yeah. Almas, Yeah. Yeah. 2008 or 2009. <laughs> um, it, so it started as a party where we were playing kind of dance music from kind of the African diaspora. Um, so ha- a lot of house, Latin music, uh, Brazilian music, all with kind of um, the dance floor in mind. Um, and it it started doing pretty well. We had a nice little run and uh, we started producing music and... I don't really remember where the, where the All-Stars, where, when we added that.
0: I thought that was you.
1: I think it was me, but I don't remember when or why exactly <laughs> we did that. But we did, as the party was going and getting stronger. And it kind of stuck.
0: It's a decent brand. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we were just like being DJs in D.C., just crossing paths, over time to the point where it's like, oh, let's
2: do a thing. How did you each get into DJ music, like as kids? And and also discussing your love for the sounds of the African diaspora. How were you introduced to the music and musical traditions of, of cultures and nations, you know, not the Western pop?
1: In terms of DJing, I was kind of buying and collecting underground hip hop like in the late nineties, like 98, 99. Uh, and at that time, like the underground music, all it was, the only way you could get it was on, on vinyl. So it was just amassing vinyl. And then it made sense to me to get turntables. Uh, and it just kind of blossomed from there. And by, by the time I went to college, um, I started playing parties and, and buying records that were more suitable for party rocking. And it kind of evolved from there. After college, I kind of got more into dance music, house mostly, but other kinds of dance music as well. And if you're into house, like deep house, especially like there kind of is no genre. So like there's sounds from African music, there's soulful music, there's techno, there's all different sounds kind of amassed together.
2: So I am. Not, I don't know much about House. Are you saying that House is like by definition eclectic in terms of source material?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. For sure.
1: At least the House I like.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's there's there's like uh, many dimensions beyond uh, you know beyond what's uh, what's um, commodified. You know, it goes to many deeper levels because it's it's a music that comes from you know like black and Latin and gay kids being uh, otherized and creating their own community and the sound comes from you know when disco began to wane but that culture of being in a, a warehouse which is where house comes from that culture was established and it just kind of evolved to electronic drum machines and such so everything that was going into dance culture as it was being shaped like in the late 70s just added on over the years so people were bringing you know people were bringing their their latin and their african and all the disco kept a uh you know a strain of dna in there so yeah it's a it's a big it's a big tent it's a big tent with a lot of grooves in it
1: yeah it like venues like the loft david mancuso at the loft like he he was famous for like being super eclectic in, in what he played. Uh, and this was, this is before house music. Um, so this was kind of in the disco era where, you know, he'd play, you know, a West African track alongside, you know, a disco banger, um, alongside, you know, Latin jazz.
0: Yeah. Cause there was an ethos, yeah. An ethos of DJs at the time to find the most unique records. And, uh, you know, there was no internet and there, you know, was very much an archeological process back then to, physically go to places and literally dig for <laughs> dig for artifacts that no one else had that you can pull pull up at your set
3: and play so speaking of disco i wanted to mention that we started off the podcast episode with the newest soul power all-star song which is called every time you move it's from the ep distant dawn came out in february of 2021 on the label rock steady disco and you can buy this on Soul Power's Bandcamp page. Um, what can you tell us about this song and the couple of artists that are featured on it, Amma Watt and Frank Martin's? Oh, there's a lot that goes into this record.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you wanna there's some cool stories. There's some cool stories that that birthed this record. I don't know if you wanna go first, Mark, or
1: Sure. Um but this one started kind of with just kind of this afrobeat progression, um, this kind of groove we had. Like we had this, what felt like a, a big track, like a big dance floor track. Uh, and we wanted vocals on it. Uh, Rome, and Rome, I think you you knew Ama. Um, you, you made that connection.
0: i had been a, a kind of a obsessive fan of Ama What for a while. And years of like, oh man, I want to put her on a record. And her and I just became friends eventually over time through a lot of shared connections. And usually when we have a record that we want to put a vocal on, we're trying to decide like, OK, female vocal, male vocal. Do we want like a tenor? Do we want like a soprano? Do we want something churchy? Do we want something sweet? And uh, Alma has a, a pretty, a pretty high, really sweet voice. And what she ended up writing, you know, she just exceeded what we imagined for the record. So I was doing cartwheels.
1: She's also a um, Yoruba priestess. Is that right, Rome?
0: Yeah, her her faith tradition is uh, Yoruba. So there's a there's a faith, a syncretic faith tradition uh, from African enslaved peoples who settled in a new world and they combined the uh, the deities, the Yoruba deities from Nigeria with with Christian saints as a way to practice their religion without, um, you know, kind of rocking the boat and bringing pressure on themselves. So, yeah, she's an adherent to that religion. And so what she ended up writing was like a devotional to Shango, but framing it in a way as I'm connecting with this deity through dance. So the song is about like finding her connection to Shango, like on the dance floor. And yeah, it's like really deep and it's funky. And she sings a lot of her her faith music in her work, um, and actually, you'll find you'll find a whole strain of of Yoruba and Lukumi uh, music and songs in house music. There's kind of like yeah. a whole a whole subgenre where that exists in the house space.
1: At the chant that she she does on that record, um, you, you'll hear that on other songs as well.
0: Yeah, because they're they're traditional they're traditional songs that don't really have names. They're just part of the, you know, how they practice their religion. You know, they're, they're just like, um, oral traditions passed on over generations and generations. So yes, it's folk. It's like a folklore, uh, dance floor banger.
1: And then, um, we got Besu Besu Tadesi, who, if you guys know the band, uh, Alike. So we asked him to play saxophone, which he did, um, very well and then Frank Martins also uh who has played with Alike Fra- Frank's from Nigeria um he came up in kind of the 70s in the like the acid rock scene in Nigeria and he is just he's amazing he's amazing he's played on in a million bands uh in Nigeria he's toured with bands in America Nigerian bands in America pretty big names you know in the the Nigerian afrobeat scene
0: yeah, the way I was geeking about Amma, Mark was geeking about Frank. Like, oh, we're gonna get this dude on this record. Like, <laughs> so,
1: well, I didn't even know like his backstory until he came to our to your house room.
0: So yeah, the story the story is that uh, you know, like the 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 rich tapestry of of uh immigrants that make up the the DMV area, uh, Frank is part of that tapestry, and uh, he drives a cab in Prince George's County. And uh, he pulled up at the crib in a, in a silver cab and uh, immediately sat down and pulled out his axe. And, and uh, I think we might have run the tune down one time. And he was like, oh, yeah, OK, yeah. And uh, I think he laid like four parts, one take each. So he, yep. he rocked the whole track in like half an hour. And then I was like, oh, snap, this dude is, you know, we got a living legend sitting up here in my crib, pulled up in a, taxi and just laid these these pristine uh afrobeat parts down, you know, one take. And then he told us cool stories about being on tour in the old days. And think of all those people who have ridden in his cabin and had no idea. They had no idea. They're in the presence of greatness.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So yeah, but there was some really cool folks that ended up all on the same record. And uh coming into the pandemic, I think Mark and I were like, well, we don't know if there's going to be music anymore. (laughs) (laughs) So we got this jam. Well, we might as well put it out. (laughs) We got some cool people on it. Yeah. The world's about to end.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And now we're going to play a track from Chicago Afrobeat Project featuring Tony Allen. Let's bump that track.
3: That was the Soul Power All Stars remix of a song called "Cut the Infection" by Chicago Afrobeat Project featuring Tony Allen. It comes from the collection "What Goes Up Remixed" that came out back in April of 2019. You can buy that on the Bandcamp page for the Chicago label Future Roots. So, how do you go about crafting remixes of songs that other people have already created? Um, what you know? W- what techniques do you usually use? To make it to shape it into something that sounds like the Soul Power sound.
0: Creatively, when you're doing a remix, you you're dealing with multi tracks, which are each individual musical element of the song, and so that's where you're like deconstructing the original song and figuring out like, okay, what is the what is the motif or the element that uh, you want to focus on? Because anytime you have a, a song with all of these parts. They're all playing a different role, but you can change the character by emphasizing some over others, getting rid of some, completely replacing some. So it, it kind of starts with analyzing the elements and figuring out, okay, what's gonna be the star of the show or what's gonna be the you know, the chassis. And in this case, you got um Tony Allen, which is uh, you know, this finely tuned, well oiled, unstoppable groove machine.
1: Greatest drummer ever perhaps
0: <laughs> so yeah okay we get to do a record that has tony allen drums on it that's exciting so you you can hear in this in this remix like we gave it a little bump but um we didn't strip out all the polyrhythms and ghost notes and all the funk that's tony yeah oftentimes you want to have the the good bit you want to give people uh you know a good amount of uh kinetic motion before you hit them with the really good bit you know, you want to get them bubbling for a while. And and that's also the context of these records, which they're dance floor records. So when we're playing them all the way through on the podcast, people have to imagine that they're on a dance floor, you know, with a, a really great sound system and they're moving their bodies. So and, you know, Mark and I Mark and I have like some philosophies on that where, you know, I'm kind of more you know, break the song all the way down and pull everything out and bring it everything back. Where an opposing concept would be like just let everything all ride together, let all the elements ride together and just keep a steady danceful momentum. Just
1: build to that and just let it go.
0: Yeah. So yeah, it's I mean really what you're trying to do is is take something that's really good, put a different spin on it, and uh figure out like what are the characters in this song that I can morph to a different palette that will hit a dance floor in a different way? Because when you're a DJ, pretty much you just ha- you have all these hues that you apply to your canvas to shape your dance floor and shape people's experience. So when you're remixing a dance track, you're trying to figure out like, okay, where can this sit in a DJ's arsenal when they're playing a dance party?
1: And also like, how can I make it original and different um, and interesting in a way that is not represented in the, the, the original version.
3: What makes a truly great DJ set? Oh, I,
0: this, is, this is something I tell people all the time because these days everyone is a DJ. But at the most basic level, I tell people, if you're listening to a DJ and you can follow a narrative, they're doing a good job. Because a DJ set should be like any other, any other creative work in that it has to have pacing, you know, like a novel or a film where you have character development and pacing and rising action and falling action. So what we're doing as DJs is we're using, we're using records to create a, a narrative and create a story. And the sense of narrative and creating a narrative and also the ability to program your set in a way to put the records together, make the records play nicely in a way that you create a shared emotional experience between yourself and your dance floor. So you have this feedback loop where you're kind of conducting your dance floor emotionally, but you're also getting a lot of beta from them, a lot of info back from them. And you just, you know, over the course of the night, you just recycle it back and forth between you and your audience and people feel like they're having a collective experience that's when the magic happens that's when it's a good night
2: have either of you ever dj'd a wedding
0: more than i can count
1: <laughs> i have too but not, not like
0: rome i have dj'd many weddings and i continue to do so it's good work and uh it's work that can create a sense of pride and uh it keeps me uh self-employed so uh yeah i'm gonna keep doing weddings i do weddings
1: we did a soul power wedding together.
0: We did do a soul power and that was dope.
1: That was. Yeah.
0: The the couple actually this is this is pretty cool because it wasn't a traditional wedding at all. So we we're playing this amazing venue, House of Yes, and this these they look like they were in high school. This couple <laughs> hopped up on stage and they asked for a card and say, Hey, do you guys play weddings? And this was like a party where like people are partially nude and body painted and like swinging from the ceilings on
1: swinging from a trapeze on
0: trapezes and- where people's, uh, are, have glitter all over their bodies and, uh, are swinging from the ceiling. And, uh, I just wish that was not the only time we played that room. Cause it was a phenomenal room. And they're like, Hey, could you, could you play our wedding? But like, play it like this. <laughs> so we, yeah, we took their contact info info. And then like after a million emails, they were doing their wedding at a, uh, a New England, like an island in New England Lock that island. you can only yeah. yeah get to by ferry.
2: <laughs> I love the ferry destinations.
0: So we arranged like uh, crazy logistics to get up there and to get gear out there and to play this wedding for these this young couple that like to party at House of Yes. And uh, yeah, it was pretty dope, actually. And fortunately, in this case, they're. Vision and their taste deviated from the the standard and the cliche. The archetypal. Yeah. So that was enjoyable and gave us a lot of leeway for us to, you know, program just according to our style and whims and tastes.
1: I mean, we couldn't do has a Yes, but... Uh,
0: yeah, we couldn't. We couldn't do it. Yeah, we couldn't have um, glitter boobs hanging from the ceiling. Couldn't do that, <laughs> but... Uh, we we were able to get a little funkier, a little funkier than most weddings.
1: We put our stamp on it, though. Yeah. It was fun.
0: Yeah, it was a good time. It was a good time. It was the only wedding the two of us have done
3: together as a unit. It's true. I think it's time to hear another song.
2: Let's. We're going to play another track from Soul Power All-Stars. This is Plaza Bolivar.
3: a generously long outro on that song that's the mix out part that's right
1: yeah that's that's for the djs
0: that's for djs to blend records over that's how you do it yeah so yeah that context is important because these songs are like songs to be played for dance floors
1: yeah so there's a long intro long outro
2: actually like i remember Paul teaching me about this like for the first time in like 2012
3: <laughs> very early on in the podcast history yeah yeah you know that's that's how you write these house uh and other dance music jams is you know gotta gotta leave the parts like the Lego bits so that you can put the other Lego piece on and have them flow seamlessly that's exactly that because sometimes it's
0: like Tetris like you you know you wanna fit the parts to the other parts so you make a nice seamless plane so yeah that's really like how you you put dance records together so you have a lot of space to make each record talk to each other in a nice way and the 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 magic is when you put the right record against the right record
3: That song was called Plaza Boulevard. It is the title track from Soul Power's inaugural EP release, which was back in 2015. You can buy that EP on Soul Power's Bandcamp page. Um, That is the first release and the genesis of the Soul Power label. Um, What what was the inspiration behind starting your own label to put out music? To get DJ bookings. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well,
1: and th- no one else wanted to put it out.
0: <laughs> yeah. That part too. Yeah. yeah.
1: Actually, we, we did release a couple of things before that on different labels. But uh, like when we were working on this EP, we sent the demos around and no one seemed particularly interested. Yeah. They, they weren't going to go for it. So we looked into like, we started talking to distributors about like, a it's called a pressing and distribution deal. Um, basically where they foot the bill for the pressing costs um, and pick up the the distribution of a record. And of course they take a larger cut, but it's a way to get a record pressed. And they were into it. They thought it would sell. And um, we started a label.
0: And then there's there's some like cool thematic things happening in that record too, because uh, that vocal is uh, from a folklore group. Uh, singing about Plaza Bolivar, which is pretty much most, most cities or villages or towns in South America that were part of, you know, Colombia, Ecuador, Venezuela, all of the countries where Simon Bolivar kicked out the, the Spaniard colonialists. Most of those towns will have a Plaza Bolivar in their town, which is like a, a town square, a community gathering place named after Simon Bolivar and putting that record together, we're able to get some elements in that song that are from sounds of the uh, Colombian Pacific coast, the marimba music along the uh, shared uh, Pacific coast between Colombia and Ecuador. There's some really cool music that both Mark and I dig from that region. So we're able to get some of those sounds into that record. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a record about, about hanging in a town square the town square named after the revolutionary that kicked the spaniards out yeah you'll you'll find you'll find plaza bolivars all through venezuela and colombia and ecuador
3: we're gonna hear a song by another dc act selected by the soul power all-stars this is glenn echo and daniel Miniki.
2: That was Glenn Echo and Daniel Meineke with a track called Don't Play With Me. Mark and Rome, tell us about you and Glenn Echo and Daniel Meineke.
0: (laughs) Hey, Mark, do you know that guy, Glenn Echo? I've heard of him.
1: It's kind of a mystery who that guy is.
0: Yeah, he's kind of, yeah, he's like, uh, he's kind of like Humpty Hump. (laughs) Of down, of down tempo music. He might have spent some time in Montgomery County, maybe.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Got lost in an amusement park one day. Emerged many years later. Yeah.
3: He likes Carousel.
1: Lives in the bumper cars.
3: Yeah. Glenn Echo is quite a DC name.
1: Um, but I can tell you about Daniel Meineke. Please. So he's playing all the keys on the whole record, actually. So it's a full LP. Also, on it's on a label called Motor City Wine out of detroit and daniel's played on a bunch of soul power records actually and yeah the, the whole record is like kind of a nod to the 90s down tempo sound so like bands like thievery corporation and the label ninja tune records um herbalizer kruder and dorfmeister you kind know, of those kind of bands uh or groups i should say um and it's just kind of a mix of daniel kind of getting really loose on the keys, um, on, you know, a million different synthesizers and Clavinet and organ and roads and pretty much everything in his arsenal, um, over kind of dubby stony down tempo beats. And it all just kind of came together nicely on that record. <laughs>
3: So that song comes from the album, Partly Cloudy. It just came out in November of 2021. You can buy it via digital or vinyl. This one is actually still available on vinyl from the bank page for Motor City Wine, which it looks like it's a hybrid music venue and wine shop and also a record label in Detroit.
1: That is true. Yeah. Yep.
3: That's pretty cool. Yeah. I would love to go check that place out.
2: That sounds amazing.
1: Yeah, there are a lot of amazing artists on that label too. Like a lot of big, mostly Detroit artists.
2: Paul, you want to play another song? This one's a real DC classic.
3: Yeah, this is some education for everybody here. How about this 1975 jam from the Blackbirds? That song, of course, was called Rock Creek Park by Donald Byrd's Band The Blackbirds, originally from the 1975 album City Life by that R&B jazz funk fusion band. This song has been sampled numerous times by groups and artists such as MF Doom, De La Soul, Eric B and Rakim, Big Daddy Kane, NWA, Massive Attack, Ice Cube, Heavy D, Nas, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, Tone Loke, Mac Dre, and Wiz Khalifa. That was quite an amazing song, uh, Roman Mark. What uh, what led you to choose this one for the podcast today?
0: Um, Mark and I together do primarily dance music, even though we've done a lot of other things. And that's just a that's a dance jam, and it's iconic too. I mean, Rock Creek Park is iconic to the city. I have people from around the world who are like, "Hey, when I come to visit DC, you got to take me to Rock Creek Park." So I could take a picture in front of a National Park Service sign.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's a perfect song. It's really <laughs> a perfect song. And it's also, I mean, it's a groove and a bridge. And that's about bad And, you know, a flute solo.
3: A flute solo, yeah. <laughs> and and some suggestive lyrics. There's a lot of things you can do in the park. That's right. <laughs> a lot of things. It is. It refers to
0: a whole a whole world of possibilities when you say do it, doing it in the park. That's right. Probably my favorite thing about that song though, is it's a it's a b-boy classic. When when you talk about breakdancing or b-boying, um, that's a b boy it's it's really cool that a DC record is a is a kind of foundational B boy record. And when it comes to top rock, which is like the part of b boying that you do vertical before you get on the floor, like that record inspires some of the funkiest top rock. So even though uh, even though I'm well past my sell by date, I might I tend to be unable to not top rock when that song comes on. Like I can't hit it like I did when I was a kid, but I can't. You can't. If any b boy ever hears this song, they cannot stand still. They're gonna rock to it. So yeah, bass in the pocket.
1: And Donald bird, like my God, like his catalog runs very, very, very deep.
3: A giant. So you guys get to DJ, uh, far and wide, taking the soul power thing on the road to a lot of different places. And obviously stuff like the blackbirds, uh, known, you know, all over the world. um, what in DC music do you think is underrated by the rest of the world that you think deserves to be a, a more of an export than it is currently?
0: Go-Go. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's two sides to the Go-Go thing. Like Go-Go never broke out of DC and there's kind of like a lament for that. And that comes from a point of pride too, because Go-Go is awesome and is you know, it's like a true Americana music, you know, it was created here and it evolved and stayed within this tightly knit community. But the flip side of go, go not blowing up is that go, go has sustained itself for decades within the community, within, within this ecosystem of bands and venues and sound men and photographers and, and musicians. And so, yeah, what, yeah, would I like for Go Go bands to get more money and more acclaim? Yeah, you you want people to have flourishing careers, but there's also some beautiful about the fact that Go Go didn't care whether it, other people and places acknowledged it. Go Go just continued to go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think just it's sort of a shame it's not more well known, you know, never mind the money or the success of the bands, but, um, You know, it's a pretty special form of music that I think deserves recognition.
3: Yeah, for sure. Even to be studied. You can tell people, oh, you know, you probably know Doing the Butt by EU. You know, that one definitely broke out, but I don't think people necessarily connected it to, oh, it's this, you know, genre of DC music. And it's here and here's the other acts that are doing similar stuff. And and, yeah, and yeah.
1: there've been nuggets over the years. Yeah,
3: of, I'm thinking of like that hello version from a few years ago. I think maybe that, that yeah, backyard, backyard, yeah, backyard. did exactly. That. Um, the, the rare like Jill essence. Scott song. Yeah. Yeah.
1: The rare essence.
0: Yeah. Jill Scott yeah. was, uh, the is love was, yeah. It's, it's rare, was. rare for somebody not from DC to do a go-go record and to get the idiom right. Um, but, uh, she had some, uh, She had some input from from D.C. folks and she did get that one right. She got it. She did it so well that Chuck Chuck covered that record. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. When Essence did the Ashley Simpson record, that was a big one. The uh, pieces of me. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, every now and then, you know, something will bubble out and people are like, oh, what are they doing in D.C.? What we've been doing for the past (laughs) 50 years
3: being great. Yep. So, I think that is leading us to the end of this episode of the Loose Listening Party. So, I think it is appropriate to once again thank the Loose Foundation Center and the Smithsonian American Art Museum. Um, please, everybody, uh, visit the museum when you can. Uh, wear a mask, of course. Uh, keep tuned to the social media and the website to find out when we can start having shows again there soon. And please, Follow the Soul Power All Stars to find out what they're up to. Where can people find out what's going on with both you individually and collectively as Soul Power?
1: As Soul Power, go to um, SOL Power DC. That's the handle for everything. So Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, individually?
0: Oh, individually, you can find me at The Vibe Conductor on uh, on stuff on the mixed clouds on the sound clouds on the instagram and there's content on the Bandcamp camp yeah the vibe conductor on the Bandcamp. sometimes gigs happen but gigs have to follow the the whims of of the contagion <laughs> <laughs> but until there there are gigs there is content to be found at the vibe conductor on the internet platforms
1: So yeah, go to soulpowersound.bandcamp.com or soulpowerallstars.bandcamp.com and that's soul with
0: S-O-L. Like the sun. Like the sun. Sunny, sunny uh,
3: equatorial dance champs.
1: (laughs) Yes. And individually, I I put all my stuff on the Soul Power pages. So go there.
3: And as always, the show notes for this episode, will have links to where you can stream and or purchase all the music because what we are about is supporting musicians and we tell everybody to buy the music that they love. And we are going to go out on one last track selected by the Soul Power All-Stars. I love that you picked this one. This is Funky DC by Asheru and the Funk Arc. Tell us about this song.
0: Um, Asheru and I go way back to U Street DC hip hop days. And uh, I'm always a big fan of his. And then he made an Afrobeat record, which I love Afrobeat, and Funk Arc. I know those cats going way back. And then he shouts out everything DC on the record. So it has all of the ingredients to be great, to be something to be enjoyed. That's the ingredients.
3: Yeah, I love how DC this song is. It is fantastic. It is from the final album by Will Rast's band, The Funk Arc, uh, called From the Rooftops, came out in 2016. You can buy this on the Funk Arcs Bandcamp page, and we hope you do. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you to Mark and Rome for being with us on this episode. Thank you guys for having us. Had a good time. Keep funking for DC. <laughs> and of course, thank you, Tony.
2: Thank you, Paul. And, and we'll, we'll see, see you all, all next, next time. time.